Hello, welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Joy. I'm Adam. And we recently spoke with Janice Cantori about her numerous books that she's written with Tyndale, the most recent being Catching Heat, which is one of three books in her recent trilogy. Yeah, she's written uh, many books with Tyndale, and we got a chance to talk about her background as a former police officer and how that transitioned into becoming a, a writer and just what her life was like and what it's like now. Mm-hmm. And her process of writing in general. And her years in the police force have really added to the authenticity of her work. So often we want to know what really goes on in the areas that we have no knowledge about. So it was really interesting to talk with her and then uh, also how she incorporates faith into her writing. Right, so um, check out her books at tindale.com or visit her website, janicecantore.com. So thank you again for joining us today. We're wondering if you can share just a little bit about your background, about your career, and then how you became a writer. Okay, well, I kind of um, I kind of backed into police work, to tell you the truth. Um, I have two degrees. I, my first degree is in biology, and when I graduated with that degree, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't want to work in a lab. I didn't. So I went back to school and got a second degree in physical education. And I was working at a um, sports medicine lab, a um, sports medicine rehab clinic, which was fun, but I just wasn't making much money. So um, I started, I went back to school to get a master's in physiology, exercise physiology, and I um, started working on helping women train to pass firefighter exams. Mm. And that was kind of what my master's thesis was going to be on. And then I started taking exams to see what they were like. And then I also went over and started taking police officer exams. And then the more I discovered about police work, the more I thought, well, hey, this might be fun. I wouldn't be behind a desk. I wouldn't be locked in a lab. I wouldn't be, you know, stuck is what I thought at the time. So I just took a few police officer tests and I ended up getting hired by Long Beach. And um, it was a great experience. It was a great experience at the very beginning. I mean, I loved the academy. I loved everything about just the camaraderie, the working together, the whole idea of of fighting crime, of trying to keep innocent people safe. It just really resonated with me. And um, and then it was the Rodney King riots that decided me, that pointed me towards writing. Um, it was, that was like, it was such, it was an experience I'll never forget. Um, it was an experience I've tried to put into words many, many times. I haven't been really successful in conveying all the emotions of that time. But at any rate, that was what it started me writing. I wanted to try and convey the emotions of that night. And while that never really worked, um, that was kind of just where everything began. And I decided to, to start attending writers' conferences and then went from there. Mm-hmm. So, That's quite a story, Janice. How neat it is that, I mean, when you were studying biology and even physical education, you probably had no idea that you'd end up in police work and then even in writing. It's quite a. <laughs> you know, I I was at a I was at a writers conference a couple weeks ago, and I met this um, young lady, and um, she writes um, she writes for uh, she wants to be a voice for people who don't have a voice. Like the right now, she's working on a book with the displaced migrants in um, Europe and Africa, 
and impressive, impressive um, young lady. And she just shared her story about how she knew what she was going to do. She got a scholarship right out of high school. She ended up going to Yale Medical School and getting a, um, a degree in medicine. She didn't, um, she got her master's in medicine. She didn't become a doctor. She ended up becoming a physician's assistant. But anyway, and she had all this done, and I think she was like probably 30, maybe, if she was 30 or 31. She's working in his physician's assistant. And I just looked at her because I had no clue at that age. I had absolutely no clue, and I can always remember thinking to myself back then, I always envied the people that knew exactly where they were going to go and what they were going to do. But now as I look back, I think to myself, all the experiences that I have, with whether it be biology whether it be physical education, athletic training is what I got my certification in was athletic training, and then police work. I mean, the broad experience, I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss that for the world. I'm, I'm glad for all of that. So even my, um, in my ignorance or not knowing what I wanted to do, God was still working. Oh, yes. And so I can see it all blending together. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm curious. You've written... We tried to figure out the number. Eight. Eight books with Tyndale? So far, uh huh? All right, yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you sit down to, you know, start writing a book, do you start with the characters? You come up with the characters and then decide from there? Or do you kind of think of, here's this central story that I want to write and then um, figure out the characters later? Mm-hmm. It depends. Um, you know, I always try to um, listen to what the Lord is putting on my heart. Um, for the cold case um, series, really on my heart was this the whole idea of how we often can't let things go. And then I have that, that kind of broad concept. And then I think about, well, what would it be the most difficult thing to let go of? And, of course, to me, that's tragedy or, you know, whether it be a natural tragedy or a or a violent crime tragedy and so then I start thinking of the crime and then and then from there I start thinking of the character and since I don't outline I'm not an outline writer I'm a pantser that's what they call us I'm a pantser <laughs> I just have to start writing a story I have to think of you know obviously the very first chapter you want to catch everyone's interest and so I try to think of the most exciting way to start the story and then sometimes I might write 250 pages and then go back and change the beginning because it's not really working out with what's happening later on anyway. So my process is, is messy, um, I don't know how much of my messy desk you can see, but <laughs> my process is messy and I usually have to write and print out several copies before um, it's finished, but and in the I hope I answered your question. You did. Yeah, yeah. But in all that, you know, my character is struggling with what's on my heart. She's struggling with, like for Abby, it's struggling with letting go and realizing that the Lord is the ultimate judge. Mm -hmm. And and she can, she doesn't have to be obsessed with finding uh, um, what she considers justice in this life. So mm -hmm. does that makes sense. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And Janice, you most recently uh, released on September 1st, Catching Heat. So that's mm -hmm. the third of the trilogy. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's the, the book to resolve it all. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. it just finishes Luke and Abby's journey um, through the whole um, course of 
it started because of the the murder of her parents and his uncle. That's what ties them together. They, her parents and his uncle were killed at the same time. And so finding her parents' killer is finding his uncle's killer. And so at the very end of Catching Heat, um, you know, all the different storylines are tied up. You know, everything is, is resolved regarding that, regarding Luke, Luke and Abby, and so on. Mm-hmm. Is, it, so. is it hard for you to um, close out a I assume this is the last book in the in the series, and you've written another series with Tyndale. Uh, is it hard to like close that out and say goodbye to those characters and move on, or by that time are you ready to to move on? Well, you know, I think I usually I'm ready to move on. Um, I think I probably would have liked to do another book um, with Luke and Abby just because I like them. They're so far my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but endings, endings of any book, whether it be the end of just a book or the end of a series, are the hardest for me to write. They're the hardest. I struggle with, the, with you know, because you don't want everything to be so contrived at the end. I mean, everything has to flow naturally. And so sometimes I might rewrite the ending, you know, 10 or 15 times. It's really difficult. Um, with Catching Heat, everything, it was actually a little bit easier because everything sort of came together without me really trying. I mean, if I could do that every single time, <laughs> I'd be very happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I did. Um, when I did finish it, I immediately started writing what will be my next book with Tyndale. And to tell you the truth, I really like this character that I'm working with now. So I'm very happy with how this book is going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way as a reader sometimes, too. Uh, I've had books where I get to the last chapter and I just... I don't want to. I don't want it to end, so I'll just like put it aside for a couple months, or like a TV show. You know, it's ending, so I won't watch the last episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I can relate to that too. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Now, Janice, I, I was looking at your blog and um, kind of the about you page, and you mentioned always being driven to help help people to enable those who are victims of injustice or unfairness, and obviously you had a career in that. And even through your characters, I'm sure you develop those themes of justice. So um, how do you feel like your view of God's justice and then I'm sure like some of the uh, social issues that are facing our culture today are close to your heart because of refugees and immigrants and that kind of thing. So... um, question really would be how do you how has your view of God's justice changed based on your line of work well I it's not that it's really changed it's just that in my line of work um, sometimes it can be hard um, like with Ab with Abby in, in, in the in the just because justice it's hard to realize that sometimes at work, you're not going to see the end. Like, for example, uh, uh, let's see if this example will answer your question. Um, very early in my career, um, I was working the front desk at the police station, and um, a man came in, walked through the front doors, handed me a gun, and said, I just did a shooting. So I took the gun, and I took him, and I arrested him, and found out that... Um, we had go, at the front desk we would listen to a scanner so there had been a code red going on on the radio a code red is an emergency situation where the air is kept clear for the 
officers that are involved in the emergency situation to use. So there's this beep going, beep, beep, uh, so that only those people will use the air. Anyway, come to find out there was this big manhunt going on for this guy because he had drug his girlfriend out by the hair and shot her in the head in an alley and then fled. So they had all been looking for him, and here I have him in the front desk in handcuffs. And um, it turned out that that was the only thing he said. After I arrested him and he went, he was booked, he never said another word except to his lawyer. So my, him saying, I just did a shooting, that was pretty much all we had. Anyway, and the gun, et cetera, et cetera. And plus, everyone had seen him do it. He had threatened he was going to do it. So he went to jail, and I think it was five or six years later, um, at the front desk is where we kept all their booking information. And I was looking for something. I don't even remember what I was looking for. And lo and behold, here's this same guy, his name. He had a real recognizable name, so I knew who it was immediately. He had already been released. He was on parole, and he'd already gone back to jail for a parole violation. Mm -hmm. So here it's like five or six years later, he brutally murdered her in an alley. I mean, and there was no debate. He did it. Anyway, and I just remember thinking of that at that time, well, what about her? I mean, didn't she matter? He's already out six years later. Of course, he, for a parole violation, he'd probably go back to jail for a year, maybe. But then he would be back out again. So... Anyway, so you have to stop. I mean, you can get real bitter and you can get real um, cynical if you don't realize that he's not getting away with anything. He didn't get away with her murder. Um, maybe as far as our courts go, um, he got off real easy, but he's not getting away from anything, you know. And you, that kind of, you kind of have to, especially nowadays, it's so difficult to um, see, it seems like there's less and less, what, there's a verse in the Bible that says justice delayed um, and the people sorrow, something like that. I think it's a proverb. And so often we see justice delayed, but you have to step back and realize it's not delayed. It's just God's timing. Mm -hmm. He's sovereign. Either he's God of all or he's God of nothing. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? It did, yes, very heartfully so. You're very good at this, Janice. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm sure that those stories, I loved when you, you know, Adam was asking about how you write. You say, what does the Lord have to say? You know, I, I you are writing with him. Um, and I'm wondering, do you have, do you draw on stories of your real life experience? Or are the stories that you're writing more, fictional uh, expressions of what might happen? Well, I try to be as realistic as possible and keep the story moving. I know in the very first series I wrote with Tyndale, Avenged, Accused, and Abducted, you know, every I was much closer to law enforcement at that time. And I can remember describing what it's like to be in a patrol car, and, and, and I was trying to make sure that was as accurate as possible. And now sometimes I do, you know, there's kind of a fictional license you take with things because you don't want the book to be boring. Mm -hmm. And a lot, a lot of police work was boring because a lot of it was um, like if you arrested a drunk driver, for example, you might be three and a half hours writing up that report because there's so much paperwork involved with a drunk driver. So, you know, nobody's going to want to read about that. <laughs> <laughs> even, even when you're at the scene of a homicide, um, if you're not the... Um, investigating 
detective or, you know, a lot of what you're doing is just standing around securing the scene, uh, making sure nobody comes in to contaminate it, making you know, it's not all the bam, bam, bam like it is on NCIS where everything's solved in, in an hour. And so um, I try to be as realistic as I possibly can be, but still make it a little exciting, a little, put a little drama in there. So. Mm -hmm. um, I have a question about so when you first set out uh, to write um, did you specifically say I'm going to be a Christian fiction author or was that just like a natural part of because that's who you are it was just a natural part of your writing or did you have to kind of add that in as you, you know I always always in the back of my mind was I wanted to write a book that my mom would read Mm -hmm. You know that I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be embarrassed for her to read, and um, you know at the very beginning, especially when I tried to write the Rodney King riot stories, um, I tried to be um, realistic in terms of, I mean, let's face it, the language on the streets is not <laughs> what you'd hear in church on Sunday morning, mm -hmm. and you know I just don't have a voice for that. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect, because Lord knows <laughs> I had my issues in that area. But when it came down to putting it on paper, I just, it didn't sound realistic, to me anyway. Um, it didn't sound, it just wasn't. Um, so my initial, I was initially drawn, my first conference was a Christian Writers Conference. First one that I ever attended. And it was a fit. It, to me, it was a fit. I have gone to secular conferences. And to be honest with you, they don't have the same vibe, you know, in Christian writing, everyone supports everyone else, and everyone is there to help everyone else, and I really like that. It's like the camaraderie I used to feel in the police department, that's what I feel. Whereas when you go to a secular writers conference, it's it's more everyone's out for their own. Yeah, they'll tell you they're going to help you, but they're not really. Yeah. That kind of thing. So anyway, and, and that is my voice now. I, I can't see changing it. Mm -hmm. So Janice, it sounds like you go to a lot of these conferences and are continuing to hone your craft, even though you've written so many books. So what would you say to an aspiring writer, you know, like the young lady that you talked to um, a little while ago, or to our listeners who are listening and say, oh, that's so cool, like Janice, you know, had this other career and now she's a writer. What would you say to those people? Well, I don't think you ever stop learning. I'm constantly... and. It and when you go to a writer's conference and you're around other people that are just as twisted as you are, <laughs> you know, it's hard because all my work is in front of the computer. And sometimes, especially like now, I'm working to finish this book, which is due to Tyndale in October. And sometimes you just have to be shut up for, you know, days at a time. And you kind of feel, sometimes you can feel like you're losing touch. But when you go to a conference where everyone else understands that process, and understands it's it's very helpful a lot of times a lot of times it'll help break writer's block especially if you're not and again you never stop learning and I have books on writing that I will open up and reread when I'm stuck somewhere or when the writing feels stale mm -hmm. so I don't think and I go to as many as I can um, you know as my schedule allows today this year um, this last one was in Oregon, so it was Oregon Christian Writers, mm -hmm. yeah, which is a wonderful organization, so it was a great conference to go to, and it wasn't that far away. Mm -hmm. So I would have liked to have gone to Tennessee, which is where the ACFW was, but that just wasn't wasn't in the budget this year. Uh -huh. <laughs> where are you located, Janice? 
I'm in Southern Oregon. Southern right. Oregon. Okay. It's beautiful. I've been there once and uh-huh. loved it. <laughs> uh-huh. I was looking at um, John Fox or George Fox University a while uh-huh. ago when I was looking at school. So. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of that. I've never been there, but I know a lot of people that have gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife is from southern Washington, so we've been, every time I go out there, we do some new trip to see the wilderness. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it here. I do. I kayak, so mm. oh. there's lakes and rivers and, and everything around here. So. Oh, so beautiful. Well, Janice, we're about to wrap up our time. And if there are, you know, for our listeners, we always want them to know where they can find you. Um, of course, they can go to Tyndall.com or really wherever books are sold to buy Catching Heat and then the rest of the trilogy and then um, the rest of the other five books that you've written with us. Um, where else can they find you? You have a blog, is that correct? I do. I have a website, which is JaniceCantori.com. Okay. And I do have a blog, um, which I need to contribute to more often. <laughs> I also have a Facebook page, um, so they can find me on Facebook. And I do have a Twitter account. So, yeah. That's wonderful. 